We did it. We finally are done with these losers. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Love all you. Um, Do we have content for the beginning of this, or should we just say something stupid? Well, I think you just did. Oh, shit. (laughs) There's <laughs> none of these losers. <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Adieu for real. And I'm also your host. A deal for real. So as you guys <laughs> already know, <laughs> you guys know by now, you know us, you've grown with us over this past season, season one, all up to this point of 10 episodes. You know by now that we rate and discuss some of your favorite and some of our favorite and maybe some of our not so favorite, but you know what? You know that we rate and discuss these video games. It's true. And so you know that our goal, our main goal for this podcast is to spark conversations about these games, kind of think about them critically and analytically. So, And we, we assign a score to these games and we can kind of compare and rank them to the best of our ability uh, for these games. So yeah, you, you already know this by now. Um, if you don't and you're just joining us, please check out our other episodes. We always enjoy and welcome new people. I just just think that was like the cleanest introduction you could have possibly done. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, man. (laughs) I'm just so giddy. I don't I I don't know what to say now. Yeah. Well, Well, I guess. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go ahead, man. Well, one thing that you can say if you need a jumping off point is uh, I know that we often drink beer during the episode. Do you have one you want to talk about today? Yes, I do. And it's actually a very interesting one. So. I asked my girlfriend to pick me up some beer from the store today because I needed a beer for this podcast. And I said, make the beer unique because I have been slacking pretty badly on these beer segments as of late on all these episodes. So I was like, you know, today I'm going to hit it good. I'm going to do really well. I'm going to hit it out of the park. So funny enough, I have this beer called Mango Smash IPA. (laughs) And it's funny because... If you guys follow Super Smash Bros. or competitive Super Smash Bros. Melee, you know there is a character, or not a character, <laughs> a competitive player named Mango, and he's a fan favorite. He's super popular. Um, people love him. But it's kind of funny. He's He loves beer as well, and it's kind of funny that they have this beer named after him, Mango Smash IPA. That's not named after him, but might as well be. He was named after the beer, actually. Yeah, exactly. They're like... I think we'll call him Mango as they sipped on a Mango Smash IPA. But yeah, no, I just think that's really funny and ironic that she got me this one. I had no idea this beer existed or that she would get me this one. So uh, kudos to her on that. So how are you liking it? Oh, you know what? It's 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 all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, what did you <laughs> what did you get for your beer this week? Well. See, now t- today is my turn to be slacking on this segment. Uh, although I have a pretty valid reason, which is that I actually drank a lot of alcohol uh, last week. Um, not, not from like any place of sadness or anything. I just had a bunch of like special events and hanging out with people. And uh, it all kind of added up. So I thought, you know, this week I'll kind of lay off it. Um, I might not have beer with me, but I actually do have like an unrelated story that I might as well say now. 
Oh yeah, go ahead, man. So, I recently embarked on a journey, a yearny, if you will, <laughs> that I think is probably like a rite of passage for white people in the United States. And uh, that journey is watching Friends. Oh. I just started watching Friends uh, maybe about a week ago. I finished season one last night. Very very emotional ending. Very uh, very much a cliffhanger. And uh, so, like, no spoilers or anything like that. But uh, I will say, Friends, I kind of like it more than I thought that I would. <laughs> and it's kind of a, it's kind of nice to be able to, like, understand retroactively all the jokes that people have made about Friends and the characters and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. That's that's that story. <laughs> that's cool, dude. Yeah, Friends is a great show. It, you're kind of starting to become more like uh, uh, culturally hip. Like you're getting with the times now. You kind of been behind for a while. Like you used to not watch TV shows or watch superhero movies, but I think now you're caught up in all the superhero stuff, right? Mm, no, 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 I'm definitely not. <laughs> oh, you're not. Oh, no, I haven't. I like. I haven't even seen Infinity War, and I really oh. don't have much of a desire to because. I don't have the knowledge and the experience and all that stuff. Um, but I, I agree, sense. I'm kind of getting there slowly. Also, uh, hearing gaming news on the show has definitely helped a little bit. <laughs> there you go. How about those meat and potatoes, what do you think? Oh, yeah, how about those meat and potatoes? What we got today for these fans, these avid listeners of ours, what game do we have for them this week, Peter? Well, I will preface this very briefly by saying that back in like episode four, I made a joke about jumping into the future. And then we reviewed a 2004 game. This time we're actually jumping into the future. Still the past, but more of the future. This is a game for uh, modern current consoles, actually. Much to the surprise of probably everyone listening. Um, <laughs> but you and I both really enjoy this game, I think. And I am I know that we're both very stoked to talk about it. This game is Stardew Valley. Heck yeah, I am super excited to talk about this one. And you're right. It is what probably our latest game to date. I think the other By one, a margin of like twelve years or wow. eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually yeah, not even close. So hey, we're finally talking about a modern day game. So I'm sure everybody's excited to hear this and uh, hear our take on this. I know everyone knows about Stardew Valley. Just kidding. A lot of people probably don't. But if you don't know about it, this is your chance to uh, hear what we think, and maybe it'll inspire you to get the game. Yeah. Um, if I may provide that uh, that trademark P-Willy context, uh, Stardew Valley came out in 2016 um, for most consoles. It also was released on the Switch in 2017. Um, I personally have been playing the Xbox version on my friend's Xbox, and you've been playing the Switch version, so there's probably not all that many differences, but uh, we can get to that later. Um, the game was developed over the course of four years by one man, one very fucking talented dude, <laughs> named Eric Barone, or Barone, not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, his alias is Concerned Ape. So you can find him on Twitter and all that stuff as Concerned Ape. The game was published by Chucklefish Games. So something about like animals showing emotions. That's like a theme <laughs> that I'm seeing in these names. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in general, before we jump into the gameplay, in general, the game is kind of like a, you move to a small, a tiny little town and you basically live the life of a farmer who's uh, growing your own food and you sell your your goods in the marketplace and you hang out with your villagers and you go fishing and exploring and all that stuff. Um, I know that a lot of people have picked up on similarities, very obvious ones, between this game and other games like Harvest Moon, for example. Yeah. And uh, actually, this game started as a fan alternative to Harvest Moon. 
because a concerned ape here, he wasn't really happy with the Harvest Moon series, like the, the turn they had taken in their most recent games. So he decided to make his own game, but then he started pulling in elements from things like Animal Crossing and Minecraft and things like that, and uh, created this wonderful game, which also, fun fact, has a 10 out of 10 on Steam, and probably like every other aggregate ever. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, um, to kind of backtrack a little bit there, and after you went on that whole spiel about all the, the, the P. Willy context, right. and I don't want to take away from that, but I want to go back to his username. I have a username on Xbox. Now, don't like spam me with friend requests, people. But <laughs> it's Compacted Deer. It was an Xbox generated name, and they have these weird names like that. I have a friend whose username is Raging Centaur. Not anymore. He changed it. But I just think it's funny because it's like almost like a Microsoft username. And uh, I kind of, yeah. I was really, I was always amused by those things. Uh, there's another one. One of my friends was Charmless Duck. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. But you know, it seems that Microsoft has taken the cue of like a bunch of indie rock bands from like the early 2000s and mid 2000s because they were all like the format of all those band names was like adjective animal, like Fleet Foxes, for example. That's a big one. Yeah. But yeah, like my brother and I, we'd talk about music stuff and we'd always say, oh yeah, every band is like adjective animal. And it seems like Microsoft really jumped on that bandwagon pretty hard, actually. And uh, yeah. yeah, I would not be surprised if uh, Concerned Ape is literally a Microsoft username. Oh, that would be awesome. Anyway, I, I don't want to derail too far here. I feel like I have. But yeah, this one tidbit I want to say. That's an awesome username, and I do follow him on Twitter. So yeah. Anyway, let's. you want to get into those meat and potatoes, man? Yeah, uh, since I just went on my spiel, as you so kindly put it, why don't you start? <laughs> okay, I'll go on my spiel now. Spielberg. All right, so we've got gameplay, as everyone knows by now. Um, so when talking about this game, it's very easy to talk about content when talking about the gameplay. So I want to kind of try to really focus on the mechanics and storyline more than anything when talking about the gameplay. I don't want to delve too much into all that you can do in the game when it comes to gameplay. So let's start off with storyline. Storyline, I think the storyline is pretty good for what it is, um, giving you all the freedom in the world to expound on the storyline, yet at the same time, you don't really have to. You can kind of just focus on your farm if you want to. That's kind of the route that I took, so I haven't really gotten into the storyline like super deep, but there's a lot of mystery to it, and they do a good job of kind of drawing you in as time progresses. Yeah, I'm in a similar place too. Yeah, there's the whole story, and, and you know, I have I'm only on year two, and I and I got the game not too long ago, right when I got my Switch. But I'm only on year two, and I haven't, like I said, haven't gone through the storyline too much. But my farm's pretty badass, and I think there's something going on with your grandpa. Like I'm not so sure he's passed on, and I'm 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 ready to see. Like that's part of that mystery, and there's something with like aliens and these weird creatures, and you can like delve into that whole thing so um there's a lot of i I think the storyline's pretty good for what it is i mean obviously i haven't gone through it all it could like be super anticlimactic at the end and i could be completely (laughs) wrong but for what i've seen storyline's pretty intriguing um so yeah do you have anything on that um i pretty much share your same opinion i'm also in year two uh actually in summer of year two so you're you're probably a little further ahead than i am because summer is the second season 
out of the four. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much more to comment on that particular thing other than what you had already said. Yeah. Another thing is, at least for the Switch, the buttons are a little weird. Obviously, the game is meant for PC. You can kind of clearly tell as soon as you start playing the game. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad and happy that they were able to make everything work. I say they. He was able <laughs> to make everything work, uh, concerned ape. <laughs> but um, the buttons are a little confusing and awkward on the Switch. Uh, I actually had Katie play the game while I was working on uh, writing my notes down and kind of observing it from a third person. And she she uh, had a lot of trouble um, kind of figuring out what to do and what to push. And that's another thing. I think the game starts out kind of slow and doesn't really tell you what to do. But as soon as you kind of figure the gist of the game and get really hooked on doing one particular task, it kind of draws you in. It's just this snowball effect from there. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that when I was writing down my notes, but I do remember kind of struggling with controls just a little bit. Not, not that there are all that many, but it's just kind of the process of like, oh, what button do I press for this? And like, what do the shoulder buttons do? What do the bumpers do? That sort of thing. Um, but when I was playing it about a week ago and I was taking down my notes, I did notice that some of the menuing is a bit tricky. I think yeah. one problem might have been introduced by like a bug in a recent update for the Xbox version because I don't remember it doing this. But uh, sometimes it would have tr- trouble like say you're in an inventory and there's like the grid of like 10 by 3 or whatever the inventory is and then there are buttons to the right of your inventory that allow you to like do things with items you would think that if you're on the last column of items and you press right it would go over to those buttons but sometimes it doesn't and it's kind of weird it feels like a little buggy thing that might have happened if it is a bug that was introduced recently then like I hope they fix it obviously and all that stuff Um, a more overall like legitimate complaints about the menuing is that I think the B button can do weird things sometimes. Yes. Or like whatever whatever the back button is for your console. Because um, you'd expect it to just take you out of the menu and back to the game. Yes. But if you're holding an item and you press B, I believe it just takes that item and places it over the trash can icon. Yes. And then like it's from there, it's very, very easy to accidentally throw away some important item. Yeah. And it's like, that's really shitty like I think that's a pretty <laughs> awful design and I, I don't think I've ever actually fallen victim to it but several times I've come very close to throwing away like an item that I spent a lot of time or money upgrading or you know a rare fish or something like that and it's like there's that that was not necessary like like have have the shortcut to go over the trash button be some other button and not yeah. like be you know <laughs> oh yeah definitely that's actually what I was, what I was going to say since you mentioned the menuing uh, that was one of my big complaints that I struggled with, and then while I was watching uh, Katie play, she she kept almost deleting like half her stuff, like her pickaxe <laughs> from the very beginning. I was like, "This is awful design here." Um, so I don't know if that was intended, but um, yeah, I, I would recommend a change there. But I I'm going to assume that in the computer version, PC version, there's a hotkey that hovers over the trash, and that's super useful for PC. But yeah. Um, not in this instance. We, our B button, we just want to exit on the menu. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they just mapped certain keys to things and didn't really have a back button for that, where you would just probably just press the X button. Yeah, it's also possible that uh, that the publisher Chucklefish Games might have assisted Concerned Ape in porting things over, so it's possible that um, that maybe some little details like this didn't have the watchful eye of Concerned Ape necessarily watching those things. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely willing to forgive a couple of little things like that because it is a one person developer and they can't like, 
I mean, there's no excuse for a game to be unpolished, but it's a little more understandable, I think. Yeah, and we're really harping on the menus, but I mean, the get- rest of the game plays pretty fine. Um, <laughs> I-, I really like how the farming system works, how the skills system works, um, how you make friends with people, the relationships aspect, um, really the open world freedom that you can get from the game. I think overall the gameplay is still pretty solid. There's no, I mean, you wouldn't expect a a game like this to have frame rate drops, but there are no frame rate drops. So, I mean, it's all smooth. <laughs> yeah. I I think that overall the game is very much based on the idea of like investing your time and your money into things kind of like real life actually. Um where if you want to build relationships with villagers, then you have to go and like you have to go out of your way to talk to them and give them gifts. And uh, if you want your farm to have like animals and have a sprinkler system you have to invest the time and the effort to like get the materials you need and save up the money and do all that stuff um so really it is like a very much it's a long game sort of game you know it's a very much in the vein of animal crossing and uh harvest moon and all the other games that inspired it yeah i agree i actually have two sprinklers now and i'm very proud of them oh hell yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I'm like why did I invest in these small sprinklers when I can get this big sprinkler that shoots in different directions and that's kind of also part of the draw of the game you're like oh there's a sprinkler that does that so I, I kind of like that aspect of the game yeah it doesn't overload you at once with all the possibilities you have to build your way up to it which is yeah. a, it's a pretty common thing but it's common for good reason because it feels natural and it feels fun it feels like you're being rewarded for all of the and like it, it keeps goals in sight too. Um, it's not like it just tosses you totally, totally helpless into this new world, but it, it sort of points you in the right directions. And it doesn't really have tutorials, if I remember correctly, but the game kind of tells you more or less what you can do and how to do it. It, it kind of suggests those things. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, one last thing I really want to touch on for the gameplay, and honestly, once I do, that's all I've really got in my notes. Um, and I have already mentioned it, but um, it is a little bit hard to know what you're doing at the very beginning. There's not a very good tutorial mode. I think just kind of teaching you what to do, how to push things, how to navigate through things. And there's and there's kind of some help, but not ju- not as much as you'd like, I would say. When Katie was playing it, she was just kind of very frustrated as to not knowing where to go. And I think there could be a better way to help the natural progression of the game and sort of kind of be like, okay, this person does this and this person does that in a better way. But other than that, I think it's very solid. Yeah, I haven't played the beginning of the game recently enough to remember that. So I'll kind of take your word for it on this one. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, but I do I do remember not having very much trouble with it. But also, my former roommate who I was playing the game with when I first started, he might have already played the game and he might have been able to help me out. So it's it's hard for me to say. Right, and I do want to say that I don't think everybody likes this style of game. I don't think everybody uh, is like, yeah, I want to play a farming simulator or something like that or some. A game along these lines. Now, I will say this game is very great, especially for people who do like these games. And if you didn't think that you would like the style, you might still like it. Definitely should give it a try. But I do kind of acknowledge some people don't like the slower pace of this game. Um, For me, it's kind of a relaxing game. 
and I can kind of just sit back and play the game at a very comfortable pace and really at my own pace. So um, that's one of the things I like about the game, but some people just don't really, uh, they, they don't really care for that. So I think that's something to consider, that it's not for everyone, but it's definitely for me, and I think it could be for a lot of people. I think it's obviously for a lot of people, so yeah. Ask your consultant if Stardew Valley is right for you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Ask, ask your uh, fellow case lugs. Your comment about pace sort of segues into what I wanted to talk about next, which is actually, I think, one of my more significant points of all the things I wrote down. Um, so time passes in this game, not in real time, which makes it very different from Animal Crossing. I don't know how Harvest Moon worked because I never played it, so I can't speak to it. Um, but in Animal Crossing, time matches real world time because it, it's based off your system clock. So whenever the store closes at like 8 p.m., you have to wait until literally the next day in real life before you can do anything. And that affects everything in the game. Like it affects things you can do at night versus during the day. I mean, really just like real life. Um, in this game though, every day takes about, I would say from 20 to 30 minutes, depending on what time you choose to go to bed and start the next day. But I really like the shorter time frame, And I really like in general, the fact that it doesn't mimic real world time because Animal Crossing punishes you pretty harshly for not playing the game frequently enough or not playing at certain times of day your village can change if you don't play the game in like a month or even a couple weeks and like your garden can go to shit because no one's attending it and all that stuff um, but in stardew valley it's much more compatible i think with like the adult players schedule yeah like you know i i played the game for the first time in probably a year a week ago and everything was just like i had it and i was able to get back into the groove whereas in, in animal crossing like my villagers would probably be different. People would move in and out, and my garden would be destroyed, and there would be like literal bugs in my house. And Stardew Valley, <laughs> it's not like that. It's just, it's just, you know, it's more game like, and I think that is really pleasant. It's something that I definitely appreciate. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that aspect. I kind of forgotten that uh, Animal Crossing was that way, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit too harsh on that. I mean, if you're looking for that kind of thing, where you you want to play a game like that every day? Hey, man, more power to you. But definitely for uh, more of the, I don't want to say adult lifestyle, but adult <laughs> lifestyle, uh, the common adult lifestyle. There we go. Yeah. Um, it is definitely more helpful. Um, did you have any like, uh, kind of like aha moments like when you saw like some things that you had built or made? Like, oh, I remember when I did that. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> I had forgotten that I needed to feed my chickens. <laughs> and I had forgotten that I needed to give my cat water. And right. so I was maybe four in-game days into playing. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot I have a chicken coop. And like I had to go in. <laughs> and I still didn't remember properly how to feed them. And so only that night after I'd gotten home and I wasn't playing the game anymore did I like look up the chickens. I was like, oh right, I had to actually, you know, whatever. Um, That's probably the closest thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Uh I had just built a chicken coop. I built a barn first for my uh, cows. And, you know, the cows are cool and all, but I, I really starting to enjoy the chickens. I, <laughs> I feel like they're a lot better, in my opinion. But that's neither here or there. I, uh, I didn't really focus too much on my farm for the longest time, so I had a really small, basic farm with just sprinklers. But I finally built a chicken coop somewhat recently in terms of in-game time. And also... Right before I finished playing the other day, I did start building myself a stable for a horse. So uh, 
hopefully the next time I go to my friend's place and play the game, I can have a nice, beautiful hoss to ride around. Oh, you know what? We didn't. Uh, I, I want to ask you this question, and it's kind of relevant to something we didn't touch on. Um, does your character like have long hair? Uh, it has a ponytail. Ah, I decided okay. that'd be more practical. Yeah, right. That does that makes sense. We <laughs> forgot to touch on like the cu- character customization at the beginning. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it is pretty wild. <laughs> you can like, you can you can kind of make it look like you in like a two D pixel art kind of form thing, and you can choose different farms, which I was really excited about going into. Like, there's different kinds of farms. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then uh, you can name your farm. <laughs> Which I named mine Slug Farm, which I didn't know it already appended the uh, farm title at the end of it. And so I have, my farm name is Slug Farm Farm. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But (laughs) Is your character named Kevin or K-Slugs? Hmm, I think it might just be Kev. Mm. It's kind of funny because it said, what's your favorite thing? Uh, That's like one of the questions they ask you. And uh, I didn't know what to put, so I... This is going to be super cheesy, and I don't. I, I need y'all not to judge me here, but I put Katie on there. <laughs> I just put she's her name. A thing to you, Kevin. Okay, you know what? But and then she's playing the game, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> and then she put chemistry, and I was like, oh dang it! <laughs> I told her I put her, and she's like, oh well, I can put you if you want. I was like, no, no, it's fine. Keep it as chemistry. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny though. I I just I was like, what is my favorite thing? I should have said video games. What am, am I stupid? <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. My character's name is Seraph, which is a design term. And then my farm is named Good Kerning Farm, which is also a design term. So I'm really wearing my heart on my sleeve here with this. <laughs> right. Much like you are, actually. Yeah. For real. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is kind of the another cool thing about the game. I guess that doesn't... That's more in content. I told you it's easy to talk about content. Well, it's like Roller Coaster Tycoon kind of where there's not so much to talk about in terms of like mechanics. It's really more about what you can do in the game. So I feel like the distinction between gameplay and content is pretty blurry. Yeah, I guess we are kind of following a theme of like building things <laughs> with our <laughs> non-Nintendo games. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple more comments that I think are pretty fitting to this section. Do you have any more that you want to add before I continue? Honestly, that's it for me on gameplay. All right. One thing that I really love from an actual mechanic perspective is fishing. I think fishing is really fun. Uh, The way that it works is you cast your line, and whenever you get a bite, what you do is basically a vertical bar appears, and you can control a small section of the bar that moves up and down. And there's a little fish icon that moves up and down within the bigger bar, and so you have to basically coordinate button presses to keep your little section of the bar overlapping the fish icon. Meanwhile, the fish is trying to like move up and down to avoid you. Uh, common fish that aren't very valuable, they tend to swim less, so it's easier. More valuable fish can swim a lot more, and so it's a lot harder. But it's just a really fun little like coordination challenge, and it's actually probably one of the very few things in the game that you have to be like good at controlling a game for. You know, like fishing and then maybe combat, which is another fun and simple thing. Those are the only times you need to like be coordinated, I would say, in this game. The rest of the game is just like building things and like saving money and <laughs> things like that. Right. Right. I didn't get into fishing until like I knew it was a thing and I obviously you have to go at the beginning of the game and talk to I think his name is Willie. Um but 
during the fall festival is when I actually started getting into uh, fishing because the fall festival, they have all these festivals every season. And during the fall festival, I was not really digging any of the other games. Um, and so I finally got to the fishing one. I was like, you know what? This isn't too bad. And I was making some good money off of it. So, um, yeah, I think that got me my scarecrow hat or whatever it, it is. Oh, no, it was a fedora. I finally got a fedora from the fall festival. Milady. Yeah. What's funny is that for me, it's kind of the opposite because I got into fishing pretty much at the very beginning of the game and I've been loving it ever since. And uh, when the fall festival came around, I was like, ooh, I'm about to spank this minigame. And so I just go <laughs> and like won it by a landslide and got all these rewards. It's like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, the reason I started loving fishing again was because of that. But um, that brings me to another point. I don't really go fishing that often because I'm not near the uh, shore. I mean, I could go in the pond, but I I find it just more tempting to just farm. Are I, I'm curious, do you uh, are you located along a beach? No, I think everyone's farm is in the same location. I think it's always like in that northwest oh, really? corner of the map. Yeah. Um, no, I just like fishing a lot, and I, I usually go to the ocean to fish. I'm not so much of a fan of freshwater fishing in the game. I know nothing about fishing in real life. <laughs> um, so usually there will be days where I just trek to the ocean, just spend all day fishing. Right. I should know more about fishing than I actually do, as my dad has worked at a at the Texas Parks and Wildlife Fishery Department for over 25 years. But we're computer programmers, so what do we know about <laughs> fish? The other mechanic thing that I want to talk about is uh, the way that the mines work. Uh, So in the game, a pretty big part of it is going into the mines and mining resources like iron and gold and copper that you can build stuff with. And there are also enemies down there that can give you monster loot. So you have to split your time between using your pickaxe and mining rocks and ores and stuff uh, between using your sword to defend yourself against the enemies. And uh, one thing that's kind of annoying is that in order to progress deeper into the mine, you have to reveal a ladder that goes down a level by uh, by mining rocks, but it's always random where that ladder is going to appear. So, <laughs> yeah. like you could you could go literal minutes just breaking rocks over and over trying to find which one has a ladder, or you might get it your first try, or anywhere in between. And I mean, I guess it kind of has like a little element of mystery and like spontaneity and like randomness to it which is kind of cool but at the same time it's like when it's bad it's really bad like there should be some sort of mercy rule where it's like if you have to break more than x number of rocks then yeah we'll just give you the ladder you know right yeah i kind of agree um especially if when you're trying to get like super far into the mine uh, and you just kind of you just want to get past like the third level or whatever and it's just taking you forever to find it and you're running out of energy and you're like ugh, seriously Oh, we forgot to talk about energy. Yeah, energy. Oh, yeah, we did. That is a pretty important mechanic to the game. Yeah, so you're, you're limited by two factors. You've got time, the time of day. Uh, if the clock strikes 2 a.m., then you, like, fall asleep standing, basically, and, like, someone carries you home, and you have to, like, pay them a fee for carrying you home. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to be you don't, you don't be out and about past 2 a.m., but then you also have limited energy, and every time you, like, mine something or fish or do whatever, you use energy. So... Um, you're very likely to run out of time or run out of energy, at least early in the game, to do all the things you want to do. Later in the game, you can like increase the amount of energy you have, or you have items that are more efficient with your energy. But uh, at the beginning of the game, it's pretty frustrating, I would say. Um, but it feels nice when those limitations are lifted later. Right. 
Right, I agree. I completely agree. Um, but I do think it's a good mechanic, and it kind of gives you a sense of urgency. So yeah, I, I think it's very necessary for the game to feel uh, somewhat challenging and not so easy and a little more realistic. It kind of gives you that real-world farm feel. What's kind of amazing is if you pass out sleeping at 2 a.m., uh, you wake right back up at like 6 a.m. ready to go. But your energy is lower, though. That's true. Which is another really cool mechanic, and also, like, very weirdly relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just... He could still get out of bed somehow at 6 a.m. For me, I can't relate to that, because if I don't go to bed at a proper... If I get, like, a few hours of sleep, I'm going to wake up late. But I'm just not a morning person, so... You're also not tending the tending the land like your good man Kevin is out there in the virtual farm dude that's true i always think man it would be so cool to be a farmer every time i'm playing and then i think it probably wouldn't be (laughs) it probably would actually kind of (laughs) suck yeah (laughs) but they make it seem so inviting and like you're like yeah you're working the land you're working like everything that you get in life is out of your hard work you know you're just you see direct input and output but Yeah. yeah it's probably pretty gruesome but I am spent on gameplay. Well, I am ready to go into those aesthetics. Aesthetics. Well, let's get into those aesthetics. Um, so let's start with visuals, and I will let you take the reins on visuals. Cool. Uh, so this game has, I would say, beautiful. I, I don't use that word very often, but this game has some BEA-utiful, uh, 16-bit-inspired graphics, I would say, kind of SNES-looking. Um Somewhat pixely for the most part, but very colorful, very lively, very detailed graphics. Everything just looks really pretty. Um, the game reads well, by which I mean that it's usually quite easy to see like where things are specifically, and like it's it's easy to find the things you need to find and do the things you need to do. It's not ambiguous, which is always nice. And the game doesn't have all that much animation, really. Like characters kind of have just a few frames of animation as does everything else. But the game doesn't really need it because it's not a game where like motion is a big thing. You know, It's not like Tony right. Hawk's Pro Skater or something like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, kind of minimal animation, but it works well with the aesthetic, and it's just a pleasure to look at. And the animations that they do have, I find quite charming, uh, especially yeah. like when your your character's like jumping up and down in like 16-bit form. You're like, oh, look at that guy. <laughs> um, I also think... Uh, yeah, and I agree with you on the point that um, you know it has a lot of vibrant colors and stuff like that. But nighttime can be kind of spooky. They have a really good, they do a really good job of making it feel really eerie, and that you don't want to be out there. That you want to go home and make sure that you're in bed, not out and about like in the wilderness. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty dark out there. I have a couple glow rings equipped to me, so I can always see where I'm going. But before then, it was definitely spooky. Oh, shoot. I didn't know you could do that. You learn something new every day. Um, I do really like the classic 2D pixel feel. Well, I say 2D pixel. Like, Ain't those fancy newfangled 3D pixels? <laughs> those are called voxels, right? You're right. They are. Um, okay, so to rephrase, I like the pixelated Sorry. feel to this game. Um, it, it just has the classic gaming kind of look but also the modern-day kind of feel to it, too, mostly because it's in a 16-9 uh, aspect ratio with some HD graphics. 
and some vibrant colors. But it does have like the pixel art stuff and I don't know the effects of the game. So like you say, like a street light, it doesn't look so pixelated. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know how to explain it, but it looks good. <laughs> it's just like a fusion of old and new, I would say. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Um, the textures are really well designed, in my opinion. And they all are very, they stick to the theme of the game very well. There's no out-of-place textures, in my opinion. So, yeah, really good. I love how dramatically the landscape changes from one season to the next. Uh, spring to summer isn't really that big of a transition, but... Summer to fall, like everything turns super orange, and it's really cool. And then fall to winter, everything is white, there's snow everywhere. It's kind of funny because before I moved here to Denver, I didn't really live in places with that many seasons. And then I moved to Denver, so I'm starting to experience like, you know, an actual winter for the first time. And then I'm <laughs> playing this game that also has like actual very distinct seasons. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like so many seasons all at this one point in my life. Like sweet. <laughs> right. I really like uh fall. Yeah, I like the orange leaves and stuff like that. Um, over where I'm from, uh, fall is definitely a very beautiful time of year, especially in the East Texas region. Very, very beautiful. We have a lot of tall pine trees and a lot of trees and grass and green stuff as usual, except in the fall, it's like orange and yellow and green, but it's great. We have that green stuff here in Denver, too, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. We don't have that uh, in East Texas. Um, <laughs> we don't have that shit in East Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I really like are the character portraits. They do a really great job of illustrating the characters, and they show emotion very well on those two. Like every character has several different emotions that they can show, and it, it, it's a classic trick. You know, a lot of video games like this do that sort of thing. Yeah, but uh, it, it's really cool because there's just so much more detail on them. Some of the characters I think actually look pretty different between the portraits and their in-game sprite, which is kind of weird. Um, I can't think of any examples off the dome, but uh, it's just really cool how much life they give to the characters through the portraits. I think that's a really important part of it. Yeah, I agree with you. One other thing I want to mention are the cutscenes. I think some of the cutscenes are really fantastic. Usually whenever you reach a certain point in your relationship with another villager, whether it's like romantic or platonic, uh, usually every one of them will have a unique cutscene where you kind of learn more about their personality or their history and how you relate to them. And uh, again, the animation is pretty minimal for the most part. It's usually just dialogue. But I think that's a really cool way to further the story and immerse yourself more into the game. I know I always looked forward to those character cutscenes. Like, oh man, a cutscene. Like, I wonder what it's going to be this time. It's always a very exciting feeling. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. That and the festivals. You like, I, I, I never know what's, at least for the first round of festivals, I never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so when I was going through the game uh, for the first year, I was like, oh, what's this festival going to be like? What are we going to do here? What are all the things I can do? Um, so, yeah, a lot of times they ended up being pretty underwhelming. But <laughs> Another comment about the cutscenes is that, uh, not to spoil anything, but a couple of them have some really insane visual effects as well that sort of kind of break the fourth wall almost, I would say. Um, it's been a while since I've seen them, so I'm not like recalling specifics here, but some of the cutscenes really do some crazy things with the visuals. So uh, if you guys are playing the game for the first time or you're thinking about starting, you can definitely look forward to some cool trickery for some of the cutscenes. I agree. Uh, well, I don't know what specific cutscenes you're talking about, but the cutscenes that I have seen are pretty good. Uh, I'm always drawn in by them 
And it kind of goes back into what I was saying about the storyline. Pretty good. Yeah. Because it kind of takes your character and kind of moves it along. It's like you're already immersed in this world and it's just kind of showing you the events that are happening in the world. It's not like a, a cut scene where like in some video games you'll be playing in the gameplay mode and then when a cut scene happens, it's clearly like uh, pre-rendered. It's just a video, you know? Yeah. So And the graphics in the video are way better than the, the game. I always kind of like how you know, incorporating the game, the actual game assets um, into it. It's always been pretty cool. So, Yeah, you're not like breaking the stride of the game or anything when you do it that way. Yeah. Anyway, that does it for me on visuals. That's oh, it. Oh, shoot. Whoop. We didn't give our ratings for gameplay. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> we haven't done this since like episode two or something. Well, uh, this might be good timing actually because I, I'm done with visuals. So we can sort of bundle our gameplay and visuals together. Cool. That sounds good, because I'm also done with visuals. Sweet. Well, let's just go back and backtrack to gameplay. I'm going to say I gave gameplay an 89. What did you give gameplay? Ooh, I gave it a 90. Ooh, we're like spot on with gameplay. Soul Brothers. Cool. All right, well then what did you give the visuals for this game? I gave them also a 90. Ooh. Okay, okay. You might find my score a little underwhelming then. Mm. Mine is an 80. Um, I guess the reason I kind of gave it that score, because I kind of want to explain. I, I did hype it up a lot, and I do, I do really like it, and I love it. 80 is not a bad score either. I think it's a good score. But um, I don't think it, like, wows you with visuals or, like, kind of just, like, knocks it out of the park. So I didn't want to give it an A, and I thought it was a very solid B. Um, so I just felt 80 was the right score for me. We might just differ on that front then, because I really did feel, I felt pretty wowed, I would say, by the visuals. Oh, really? Well, it could be. It might be that we're just different people. No way. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's get into audio, and I guess I will start off by saying I really liked the audio in this game. I really love the soundtrack. I think it's definitely, it fits the game and its personality very well. A lot of times I play this game at the end of the day or like right before I go to bed or on my lunch break at work. And it's just very relaxing to me. I kind of do my thing. I I go and I try to progress and I get my farm upgraded and all this other stuff. But it's never very strenuous. Um, I never get really frustrated with the game. Um, so the audio works really well with this game is that it kind of relaxes you. It's very peaceful. It's very happy. It's very upbeat. Kind of fits with the theme of the game uh, with all the bright and vibrant colors and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that. And I also enjoyed the sounds of the game as well. Um, kind of just, there's the little nuanced sounds, you know. Everybody knows I like my nuanced sounds, but I don't really know how to describe the sounds to you other than the fact that they sound very good. And they they fit the game well. Like uh, when you're when you got your <laughs> uh, I don't want to say ho, but when you got the ho, and you're just like <laughs> you kind of <laughs> adults, I swear. You're right, um, and you're just you're kind of like you're plowing the fields, and you plant some seeds and stuff. <laughs> uh, you can get through this, Kevin. I believe in you. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to make this not sound bad. 
But you know, it is what it is. You know, you you plow the fields and you plant your seeds, and you get, you get it done with. And what I mean to say is, all the audio for that sounds really good, just like in real life. <laughs> oh no, Lord help us! Let me start over. <laughs> no, I think actually the less you say about this, the better. All right, you know what? It's your turn. You you speak about it. well the good news is I agree with pretty much everything you said Um, yeah generally really bright lovely soundtrack um, suits the mood the sound effects I agree with you I wrote down what you said almost verbatim like everything is very satisfying couldn't really pinpoint specific examples the one thing that sticks in my mind is the sound of like combat whenever you swing your sword it has a very distinctive crunchy like sound Um, whenever you hit an enemy that's always kind of nice whenever you fish Whenever you have a bite on the line, it goes a little like sort of almost like a cell phone ringing kind of noise. Um, don't really know what that's about, but it's a fun little noise. And I also enjoy fishing a lot, so maybe I just like that noise because I like fishing. But yeah, I don't have too many specific comments. I, I have two, I guess. Um, one is that one of the songs for the fall season, I just really love that one song. It's got it's got like this beautiful piano in it. Yeah. That's that's about all I have to say is I really like that one song. Um once again, it's important to remember that all this stuff, the visuals, the audio, the gameplay, everything, designed by this one person. So, like, I'm very envious. Like, I want to do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really think you could design a video game if you wanted to. I really think that we, one day, as the Interstate Gamers, could collaborate and make a video game. After ten years of podcasts, they finally make their own damn game. <laughs> Called. With all the knowledge they've gained. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Two guys, one game. Two guys, one game. The impossible odds, will they do it? Find out next time. But yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I actually forgot what we were talking about. Audio? Right. Yeah, but <laughs> what specific... No, I was talking... <laughs> we were talking about making a game, and I thought that you could make a game, because you have all the aspects needed to make a game. Well, thanks, man. I think you do, too. Aw. Well, shucks. Anyway, um, one sound I didn't like, it was... And I I should... I have no good reason to dislike it, other than the fact that it just um, bothers my brain for some reason. (laughs) When you chop a lot of wood with your axe, it just kind of wears on me. Like, the sound just kind of, like, starts to irritate me. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like Chinese water torture. It's like, it's a good sound and it fits what's happening. You know, like you're chopping some wood. It's like, I, I can't mimic that sound. There's no way. It's like the, the thunking sort of sound. Yeah. It's like a thunk. Like the- yeah. Like that. But it's like a little bit higher pitched than you'd expect. But for some reason, after a while, it just kind of was like, Ugh, I don't like the sound. However, after you knock the tree down, I really do like the sound of the falling tree. Yeah. So it's kind of really like. So I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I can bear this, but um, I think I like the animation of the chopping more than I like the sound of the chopping. Um, But I'm sure it doesn't bother most people. It just bothers me for no apparent reason. Maybe you're just not cut out to be a lumberjack. Yeah, I'm probably not. I did try to chop down a tree once and with an axe. It's a lot harder than you think. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) You really do have to be buff. One more point that I want to touch on is how the music isn't like a constant thing in this game. Um, the, w- the way that it works is that you wake up in the morning feeling like P. Willie, 
and <laughs> you get treated to whatever sound, whatever soundtrack is appropriate for the season. Like every season has a couple of, of themes that it rotates through. And so you hear that theme. The theme lasts maybe a few minutes. Um, but once the theme is done, then the music just kind of stops and you can just hear all the ambient sound and the sound of your footsteps and all that stuff. Um, now, when you go into the main town area, like the the central part of town, if you will, that does have its own specific theme that plays every time, which is a very nice, like reassuring sort of, you know, welcome to the town sort of thing. But other than that theme and maybe the theme of like the shop and other things like that, uh, music is not always playing all the time like it is in a lot of video games. Um, it certainly does that in Animal Crossing. Like in Animal Crossing, there's always music everywhere you go, and you it's it's a very music heavy sort of game. Um, but in this game, it's kind of cool because the music like punctuates something. Like you're waking up, here's the music to start your day. You're going to the town, here's the music that welcomes you into the town. Right. I don't know. Just kind of I've never really heard something quite like that in a game before, and it's really nice. I think. Does uh does it have the same music at night? Because I feel like a lot of times at night when I'm walking around, it doesn't have any music. Um, it probably doesn't. Now that you mention it, yeah, I don't. I don't think it does. It may be like past a certain time, like maybe late at night. I don't know. It just doesn't. Feel, I that I can remember. I don't know that it has any sound, which kind of adds to the creepiness. Yeah, I think you're right. So you're just kind of hearing the sounds of your footsteps as you're like traveling through, and maybe like the sounds of the creatures. Yeah, they do have a lot of fun ambient sounds throughout that I really enjoy. Right. Well, cool. That uh, that does it for me on audio. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm done too. Cool. Well, I gave it a hot, fresh, eighty-eight. Oh shit! Here comes. Well, I'm about to hit you with that triple. Ooh, no, no way. Another ninety. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like triple digit. I thought that's. What oh you no! Meant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no way. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the audio, but I don't, I don't know if it's at a hundo level yet. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. To get a hundo from us on audio, you have to have like the greatest soundtrack of all time, aka banjo. Yeah, I was gonna say you have to have Grant Kirk Hope himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, let's move on to the content section. Well, 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 well. We have to give our overall aesthetics ratings now. Oh shoot! You know what? I'm just. You seem to be getting complacent uh, the longer that we do this. Well, no, that's mm. not true. It's just this one episode. It <laughs> <laughs> happens to be the season finale. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, so if you can do some pretty simple math, adding 88 and 80 together for me would equal an 84. Um, so my aesthetics rating is an 84. Uh, and then my gameplay, if you recall, was an 89. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I'm a graph designer. I don't use all that much math beyond basic like measuring and stuff. So I kept it very simple. So I have visuals at 90, audio at 90. That averages out to a 90 for aesthetics. So <laughs> there you go. I've done all the hard work for you already. Cool. <laughs> for you uh, number crunchers out there, uh, let us know if we missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How about that? Uh, how about that content? Yeah, let's talk about that content. Um, so, in my opinion, this game is pretty much all about the content. Um, yeah. It's all about what you can do within the game. You can have relationships with other people, friendships. Um, you can focus on some skills, uh, like fishing, farming. Um, I don't know if there's one for, like, animals, but there might be. 
Your husbandry. Yeah, husbandry. Um, you can choose what kind of animals you want. You can choose where to build stuff. You can choose to upgrade certain buildings, uh, craft certain things, find different blueprints to craft those things, uh, be a part of the Ventures Guild, fight enemies. Just a lot of content, um, and it's a highly accessible game. So, I mean, I think it's a great game, and we talk about extra content a lot, but since the game is so like much about content, what would qualify as extra content? Like we don't we don't need DLC for this game. And I think the developer doesn't have interest in DLC. Like anything that he adds to the game, he just kinda adds it on himself. Um and if he thinks there's necessary upgrades, he'll he'll put them in there. And that's what I really like about the developer. So it really feels like a complete game. Um the content is just super good. Yeah. Um and I totally agree. Uh, in terms of like extra content, as we often call it, yeah, I mean, what really happens in the game is that you just get to see more of the world and you get to build more things and like get more goods just as time goes on. Um, so, so that's really the way that the content works. Kind of like it's like a constant sort of drip, you know. Like the more that you play, the more stuff you get, and there there are some things that are pretty significant. Like sometimes a new part of the world will open up to you, and you can go there and you couldn't before. So that's like a very literal like, oh, here's more content because now here's more map. You know, it's a thing like that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, not really so much extra content. It's just that you just get more stuff the more you play the game. I mean, it's kind of, again, it's kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon in terms of like getting research upgrades over time. It's kind of like that in this game. You know, you gotta you you get what you put into it quite literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um... You can go at, uh, back to it at any time, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, and I think that's something I didn't initially look at, but is definitely a very good point of emphasis. The fact that uh, such a popular game as Animal Crossing had a mechanic that was quite annoying, and the fact that they were like, you know what, we didn't, you know, we like Animal Crossing, but we want to improve on this aspect um, was really cool. I think the fact that they can not necessarily copy copy a game but kind of take some concepts from the game and different games that are similar and make this one game and make it so successful is really is really cool it's kind of like a manifestation of how competition can be good sometimes you know like yeah <laughs> here's here are different things that people did and one person found a way to yeah put them all together in a really fun accessible way i mean it also helps that we live in the era of like pc and like cross-platform gaming and so, yeah. you know, if you have any reasonably modern system, you can play this game. So that's very helpful. Right. Well, there's another thing we haven't talked about yet, and that's they just released a beta for the multiplayer mode for this game. Um, this Ooh. multiplayer mode, you can have friends come to your farm and help you, like, build up your farm and, like, farm your materials and stuff like that. I haven't played it, but I really want to. It's on Steam right now. Kevin. Could you lend me a hand? I need to pick all these turnips from my garden, but <laughs> I can only do so much. Want a strong man like you come over and help me out? Well, I reckon I can do that for you. I got some sugar I can give you in exchange. <laughs> I like that sweet and low. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'm more of a um, splendor gal, but okay. <laughs> Dude, that's the future that you can look forward to. When the, yeah. if if and when multiplayer comes to the other platforms that we'd be playing the game on, namely the Switch. Oh man, that'd be good. 
But yeah, no, I think it's a really good concept, and I it was one concept going in. I was like, does it have a multiplayer mode? Because this game sounds awesome. And now it does, but it's just not out on the Switch yet. And I hope there's plans to do it, but I have a bad feeling there's not. Ooh, that would mm. be a disappointment. Yeah, but we'll see. It remains to be seen. It's in beta right now, so who knows? Um, I would hate to see PC get features over like the console versions. I, I, I bet the developer is aware of such things, but who knows? We'll see. But anyway, that is it for my spiel on content. <laughs> That's my favorite word today. Hold on, I'm doing some math real quick, because my next point is that I want to talk about how uh, how much gameplay there is, or like game time there is, because I know that's something that a lot of people talk about pretty often. Um, so I'm doing some math here, and I would say the average day in game takes about somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes. I'll round it down to 20. Um, let's just say, you know, I'm just busting through this game. And uh, every month in the game has 28 days, I think, four weeks. And there are four months in a year. And I'm on basically, I'm basically one and a half years through the game. So by my very rough math, I've put in 56 hours in the, into the game. Hmm. And there's still so much for me to do. Oh my God, is there ever more stuff that I can do? Uh, yeah, between the farming and the fishing and exploring mines and building relationships, like all that stuff, I still have a lot to do. And uh, and the game is just so fun that I really do want to go back and and get to those you know, get to those new points. I mean, if I get a Switch, which is, you know, kind of in the works, I would kind of start all over again, but I honestly wouldn't mind because the journey is part of what makes it so much fun. And uh, there's definitely a lot of game for you to play if you're into it. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I've put in about 20 hours myself. Um, and I think I did read somewhere where it does take 20 minutes to uh, for each day. Um, but I've put in 20 hours. I think is really good. And... Uh, I think it would be a bummer if I had to play it over again just because I've built up so much. And I think that's like kind of uh, natural to feel that way. Um, it would be like anything that you spent a lot of time on and then had to start over with. Yeah. But it is a rewarding journey and you can make it different the second time around, which makes it uh, replayable. So it definitely has a lot of replayability. And I think that's something we talk a lot about when it comes to the content section is uh, replayability. So uh, I think it definitely has a lot of replayability to it as well. Yeah, there are definitely like life choices that you can make, which sounds like a weird thing to say about video games, but there are definitely life choices you can make that will change the path of your character and the way that you relate to other people. So if you're playing your main game and say like, oh, I want to marry this person, you sort of treat it like that's your person, that's kind of your thing. You know, the next time you play, you could be like a, you could like have a relationship with pretty much everyone in the town if you wanted to. <laughs> Play a player. Yeah, so you can, so you can have like your alter ego if you want, and just do that. And uh, yeah, like you can you can choose your life every time you start. And <laughs> hell, you can you can change your life pretty dramatically even in the one game file. You know. Yeah, if you've always wanted to be a jerk to people, or you're just having a really bad day, you can do that. You can just <laughs> go up and ruin people's day in this game. They don't care. They're just they're just computer code. <laughs> uh, this anyway. took a term for the. Uh, for the meta. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I think overall content, amazing. Yeah, the one more thing I want to say just real quick is that I really do like, well, 
as a function of there being so much stuff to do in the game, there's also the ability to like focus on one thing for however long you want. Um, for example, I was really into fishing for a long time, so fishing was like the first skill that I maxed out. Um, I wasn't really concerned with farming itself or like growing my farm for a long time. So for a long time, I had a very small farm, and that just wasn't my thing. And then later, I kind of made it my thing once I was good and ready, and I gotten like hyped up about it. Um, you can spend a lot of time going to the mines if you want. Like you can kind of make that your thing. You can really just approach it however way you want, and uh, that's another way that the game allows you to sort of like express yourself and have variety and do all those things just because there's so much to do and it's a sandbox really. Right. You're, you're, you're a modest man. You don't like to, to plow the fields all the time or plant seeds. You just, you just, you know, you like your simplicity in life. You like the finer things like fishing. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And everybody can play the game a different way, which is what's great about it. Yep. You know, the the more that we talk about this game, I'm having to restrain myself from saying just like real life because <laughs> because this game is sort of real life, really. Yeah. If you were and I like how it kind of it really ties that theme in anyway because when it first starts out, your character spoilers if you haven't played, but I mean it's going to tell you at the beginning anyway. Your character is tired of his mundane everyday life as a just a desk office kind of guy and he's like you know what I want to go back to the farm and just get back to nature and that's what your character does and it's kind of like real life we can kind of get stuck in the rut sometimes like of the same old same old uh, I think a lot of people can identify with that I know myself I can identify with that sometimes yeah so it it, it is cool I've I've been somewhat recently breaking out of my rut, I guess. And uh, the podcast has actually been a big part of that for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I haven't been working. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, we started the podcast before I was working, so I can't say that it got me out of a rut, but it does make uh, life better. This podcast is great. We owe it all to you guys. We do it all for the fan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you said the fan. I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so true but anyway uh, that does it for me on content I want to say that was it for you yes cool then we can give our final ratings I gave it a 95 for content content you give a 95 you'll be happy to know I'm not too far away but rather that I won up to you and gave oh. it a 96 oh shit yeah Kevin, bringing down the one-point differential. So we're going to have very similar ratings, it looks like. Uh, mine might be a little bit lower than yours, but overall, I'm thinking we're going to get a good IG score for this one. Yeah. So if you average all of my scores up, you get an 89.67, which rounds up to a 90 for uh, Peter's sake. Yeah, and for me, if you round mine, or if you average mine out, you get a 91.7 uh, repeating. Or no, 91.67 and the 7's repeating, whatever. The point is, it's basically a 92. That's what I got. <laughs> right. So we, we got a 91 as our IG score, which might have us uh, tied for a lot. Let's, let's look at the IG ratings real quick. Um, 91 will place us... Oh, I can sort it, can I? Sort. You can. Do the sort for me. All right, um... One, two, three, fourth. 
right above Metroid Zero Mission, which I find very interesting. What is it below? Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo, we coming for you, buddy. <laughs> we coming. And that's, that's really interesting because now we've got our 10 games for Season 1, right? Um, so let me just kind of read off the rankings in order. Um, so at our very number one game for all of our episodes, so far, Super Mario World is the best game uh, that we've rated so far. A close, not really close second. I, I don't want to say close second because it's not a close second. Uh, in second place is Star Fox 64. Third place is Banjo-Kazooie. Now in fourth place, we have um, Stardew Valley. After that is Metroid Zero Mission at five. Six is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Seven, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. Eight, Mario Kart 64. Nine, Pokemon Stadium. And <laughs> in last place, tenth, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So there it is, doing everything it can. <laughs> to hold on to the rating that it can. But you Pretend know, honestly, it's a super game, but it's actually tenth place. <laughs> It's not a bad game, and that's not to say that any of the games we've talked about are bad games at all. Uh, the lowest score we have for our IG rating is an 82. Kind of hope, and I think we both kind of hope, to, in the future, for Season 2, maybe Season 2, kind of, we don't want to say a bad game, because we don't want to be negative, but maybe a game that is not as popular uh, or doesn't isn't received as well we hope to review one of those for you guys and see what you think about that. Uh, might spark some interesting conversation there. So, uh, yeah, we want to set a new low bar that if you ever go under that bar, <laughs> that you are a bad game. That's something you don't hear very often. I want to set a new low bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just got to put things in perspective, you know? Yeah. And we actually, we have at least one shitter on deck for a, for not-so-favorite games that we can talk about. Uh, we also definitely have some great games to talk about. Um, the point is is that Season 2 is going to be lit. Yeah, and I'm excited for us to have, uh, in the future, 20 games under our belt. Can you, can you imagine that? Like, we, have rate, we will have rated 20 games at some point uh, once Season 2 is over. Now, Season 2, obviously, will be a while before it starts. Um, indefinite time period, as you guys probably know. But... Yeah, each season is estimate. Well, we plan for to do uh, ten episodes per season, so we should have twenty episodes by the end of season two. And that would, that's really exciting to me to have all these games kind of listed and ranked, um, and kind of just shows our opinion of the games and what we think. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, this might be the end of season one, but E three is around the corner, and uh, this would be a perfect podcast for us to talk about things that happen at E3, so Kevin and I might be doing that for you guys. Oh, it would be a perfect opportunity, wouldn't it? To kind of bring you some extra content to boot our, boost, our, <laughs> boost our content rating. <laughs> <laughs> the DLC, though. Yeah. Now, you guys can subscribe to the next episodes, and if you go to our Patreon... And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you can join the Interstate Insiders. <laughs> Yeah, look forward to some future content uh, between now and season two. Um, we can't give you guys a definite like when this is going to happen, but we have some uh, E3 kind of stuff in the future, like as Peter said. So uh, look out for that and stay on alert. Keep tuned to our uh, social media. We'll talk a little bit more about the social media and stuff later, but for now, we do have some extra content in that category. 
Uh, Kevin, you got a you got a fun little section for us? I do, I do. And this was voted by the fans, you guys, as to what you wanted to see. And we were actually pretty surprised at uh, how many people voted for this. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Thanks for the turnout, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you guys really liked the trivia section that we did from last episode. Um, so here it is again, a new trivia section. And uh, we need a cool new intro bit for this one. And I don't think we're going to completely do away with a quick attack, but uh, we'll kind of try to mix it up on you. But for now, we've got the trivia section, and I'm pretty excited about it. So let's see if Peter can answer some questions right. We ought to keep tabs of how many questions you get right. See how well you know your Nintendo knowledge. Oh, man, I, I keep tabs of enough stuff already. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, all right. I'm ready, though. Let's get into it, man. All right, so what was Mario's name before he became Mario? Jumpman. Oh, come on. Let me at least <laughs> name my options. <laughs> I worked hard on these options. Okay. Pablo, Plumberman, <laughs> Jumpman, or Mr. Mario? It's Jumpman. You already said Jumpman. All right, all right. Next question. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I got I got ahead of myself. I didn't let you do your thing. Pablo it's... had me cracking up. <laughs> Actually, you know, someone named Pablo. <laughs> I, I, that did occur to me. I was wondering if that's where that came from. It's sort of. I was like, what would be a funny alternate name to Mario? And I said, Pablo. <laughs> Is it Mario? Was it Mr. Mario, Jumpman, Vince, uh, Christopher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So next question: Which Zelda game was the first to allow you to control another character besides Link? Is it A Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, or Spirit Tracks? So I'm noticing that Wand of Gamelon is uh, mysteriously absent from this list of choices. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder what other characters are up to. <laughs> Oh man, I can't believe that actually. That Can you actually, read off the choices again? Uh, Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, and Spirit Tracks. I hope I'm not losing to technicality here. I'm going to say Wind Waker. You are losing. Um, <laughs> it's Majora's no. Mask. Um, but you can, you can control another character in Wind Waker. But Majora's Mask... You, there's a side quest where you get to uh, control another character. Let's get on to the next question because I think you're going to like this question. And if you already know it, that's kind of cool because I feel like this is something that you would know. But at the same time, if you don't know it, I know that you would be interested in knowing it. So, if there was a hypothetical Pokemon that was all 18 types at once, it would only be weak to one type of Pokemon. Which type is that? Oh my lord. Is it dark, flying, ice, or rock? This is hard. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it can be... I, I don't want to like take the time out of everyone's day to sit here and think about this, so I'm going to say... And I'm doing it just when I said I wouldn't. Um, fuck it, I'll say ice. That's what I chose, but you are wrong, sir. It is rock. Apparently, if you were able to, uh, if you were all 18 types, apparently you would still be weak to rock. So, yeah. 
That just confirms that Rock is the best type in the game. Yeah, confirmed, right? <laughs> that was a really cool question, though. I, d- I definitely appreciated it. You were right. Yeah, it was a really cool question. I was really It's almost like you uh, know me or something. Yeah, almost. But I don't think I do yet. Much like Stardew Valley, there's still much to learn about me. <laughs> right. Um, next question. Which of these items can you not accumulate in Super Metroid? Hyperbeam, Spiderball, Powerbomb, or Grappling Beam? Spiderball. And you are correct. <laughs> Spiderball was introduced in Metroid Prime 1, I think. Does it tell you? Uh, I think it did. I just wrote down the answer. But uh, final question. What is the rhino's name from Donkey Kong Country? Is it Rumbly, Rambly, Rambi, Bambi, or Bighorn? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that I uh, that I awaited the question too because I definitely <laughs> knew the answer already. Uh, the answer right. is Rambi. Yeah, you did. I tried to throw you with the Rambly, but didn't. You can't work. throw me, dog. I got that attention to detail. Yeah, you do. Also, I'm a big Donkey Kong Country fan, so Bighorn though, that's a pretty good one, isn't it? So I got a three out of five on this one. Yeah, not too bad. You, uh, in I think in college you would have passed. <laughs> I think I got two out of five on the previous one, which is definitely a failure. Well, you know, I try to make them decently challenging. We'll see if you can try to up that in next season. Um, but that's going to do it for us for this entire season. Not only this episode, but this entire season. Um, we definitely enjoyed bringing this content to you guys. And uh, uh, it was it was a real pleasure to be able to do this and to see kind of the feedback and response. And it's been, it's been pretty cool uh, to see people listen and tune into this and kind of give us their thoughts and feedback on this. So uh, we've been really appreciative of this whole process. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I've had a lot of fun doing this. I think that uh, you and I have both been pushing ourselves to uh, make this good podcast. I hope I can call it a good podcast. But yeah, guys, you can definitely keep up with us on our social mediums. We have Facebook, we have Twitter. Twitter is at the IG underscore cast. Um, as always, Kevin is on top of things there, so feel free to interact with us there, and Kevin will most likely see it and then tell me in a text message who it was that sent us a message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do do that. If you want to see the list of our 10 beautiful games rated, you can go to tinyurl.com slash IG ratings for that. Um and yeah, we're going to be taking a break of uh, indefinite duration until season two. But as we said, we're going to try to get you some cool E3 stuff. And we have a couple ideas for other things we can do as well in the meantime. So uh, don't miss us too much. We'll be back. Um, in the meantime, there are definitely other podcasts and other sources of entertainment for you. Um, for example, our boy Chris, a.k.a. Zlink093, a.k.a. Zlink Gaming, has very chill Let's Plays. He's a great guy to listen to when you're relaxing. Uh, he's been playing Wind Waker and Mario Kart and things like that. Um, podcasts, we got the Easty Boys, who we talk about all the time. Uh, they're still doing their thing, doing it well. Um, got For Pod's Sake. What else, Kevin? Any any other plugs we can do before we uh, sign off for the season? No, I honestly, man, I think that's it. Um, we might be on Twitch, if that's uh, something you guys are interested in. Um, I believe I am... Man, I, I can't even remember. K underscore Slugs. 
I think. No, you're just K slugs. Oh uh, yeah, I'm just K slugs there. It's Twitter. I'm K underscore slugs. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. Um, Peter is deal underscore four underscore real on Twitch. Also, in terms of my things that I have going on, I recently got some of my music distributed to Spotify and Amazon and iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I've been making different types of electronic music for a while, and I finally got something into the big bad world of streaming and digital stores. So uh, if you want to listen to some of my beats, you can search Pete RW um, on Spotify or whatever your preferred thing is. Uh, I got a little beat tape called Vibe Ass Chill Ass Summer. And uh, I'm a big fan of it, which is good because I made it. Kevin is also a big fan of it, I think it's safe to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's one of my f- favorites. I listened to that when he uh, first released it. And like that was my jam for the entire summer. So it holds a special place in my heart, for sure. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's called Vibe Ass Chill Ass Summer. And actually, summer is approaching now, so it's good timing for me to release it again, but into the big bad world this time. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are into some beats and beeps and bloops and whatever, go ahead and check that out. I'm very proud of it. Hopefully enjoy it. Cool. Well, I guess that we're, it's time to sign off for the season, man. Lord, it feels like the end of an era. I know. <laughs> but we'll be back, and we'll be back better than ever. You just wait, you guys. Just wait the cinema. I said, oh my god, this might be the end of the season. And it is! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you later. All right, see ya.